those of you who have not been around, I do recommend that you get those CDs. Very important, very important, very important, I repeat. You get those CDs and go through them. You're going to be able to see the reward that comes to you for being in service. Not just being a preacher, but being active in the house of God, in doing the little that you are supposed to do as you are instructed by being a part of the unit service, like we're saying this morning. Very important. So there's a need for you to be a part of one of the things that are going on. I gave you from the beginning the very simple illustration of Jeroboam. How Jeroboam became who he became because he was faithful in what he was doing while Solomon was building the walls and the temple. At the end, he was made to be in charge of all that was coming to Solomon because Solomon observed him to be a faithful man in doing what he was doing. And then became the head, as it were, in charge of those things that were coming, ruling over his people just because he was faithful while they were building the walls together. And not just that, God recognized so, I mean, Jeroboam because of his faithfulness, as were, in those little things that he was doing. And with that, he was made to become a king in Israel. Hallelujah. I make you to see all of that and um, I also did mention to you the need for you to understand what the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises against you that you shall do what? Condemn. And he said that is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. It's not a heritage for everybody. It's a heritage for those who serve the Lord. And serving the Lord, you, you don't just serve the Lord in isolation. You serve the Lord in conjunction with his body. Because you belong to his body, which is the church. So wherever you find yourself, you ought to be in service to the Lord. And then you have a heritage where even the dogs, like we find in that particular study, in Israel, I mean in Egypt, could not back. Because the servants of the Lord were on the move. Hallelujah. So you see, in service, you come to a place where even dogs cannot back. And I mean dogs. And when I say dog, and I mean dogs. Hallelujah. So whatever thing you want to think to be dog, I'm not talking about your pet dogs, but I'm talking about dogs in the spirit, enemies, if you will, that want to back at you and stop your progress. They won't be able to make a noise when you're on the move. Can I hear an amen? Because like we find in Exodus 11, we find that the dogs, though in the midnight where dogs were supposed to back, they could not back because the children of Israel were on the move. Did you understand what I'm saying here? So a time comes in your life by reason of your walk with God that even the enemies will merely look at you but we have nothing to say. Amen. Can I hear another amen to that? Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go down again. I want to make you understand that even Jesus Christ is tamed and known and seen as a servant of the Lord. In Isaiah 42, it says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my elect, in whom I saw the light. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. God was speaking about Jesus. Speaking in relation to Jesus Christ. And he called him a servant. So, can I tell you this again? You can't grow beyond being who God intends you to be if you must reap the reward and do what? Now, when he say he will bring judgment forth to the Gentiles, that is service. Is that all right? And it's a privilege for God to commission you for an assignment. So much privilege involved in it. Praise the Lord. Okay, now, 
I want us to look at a very critical story this morning and that is something you know I'm going to draw some principles for you so that you can understand the place of service if you're truly a servant of God and you're doing what God intends you to do you are committed, you are conscious you know, you are not serving man you are not serving a system but you are serving a church so talk with me to Job chapter number 1 we're going to read from verse number 6 the Bible says now there was a day when the sons of God how many of you are there with your Bible? come on, open to your Bible Praise the Lord. Because I have always told you, forget about this. There are things that you can definitely see. And this is my Bible I'm reading. You have to read your Bible. Is that okay? Are you there in Job? Chapter 1? Okay, verse number 6. Are we all there? Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, where comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. <laughs> what a ministry. And the Lord said unto Satan, Have thou considered my servant Job? And I want you to underline the word servant. Have thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and eschewed evil? Have you thought about him? Verse number 9. Then Satan answered and said, does Job fear God for naught? Underline that. Does Job fear God for naught? By implication, does God fear God or serve God for nothing? In other words, at the end, he was attached to his services. Did you get that? <laughs> does God fear God for naught? Has that not made, look at verse 10, an edge about him? And about his house, and about all that he had on every side, that has blessed the work of his hand, and his substance is increased on the land. Why? Because he's a servant. Hallelujah. Put forth down the hand, and touch all that he had, and it will cause thee to thy face. Now we're going to explain all of that. Chapter 2. Job chapter 2. In the book of Job chapter 2, I read from verse 1 and 2 as well. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. This guy also loved fellowship. Hmm? <laughs> and the Lord said unto Satan, From whence come thou? Why are you always you know, coming in here and there? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Verse 3, And the Lord said unto Satan, Have thy considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and eschewed evil. And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Hallelujah. And said and answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that the man had, he will give for his life. I'm going to explain this to you. But put forth the hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and it will cause thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, it is thy hand, but save his life. So when Satan fell from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his feet unto his crown. Praise the living God. Okay, now let's begin to see this. This is the life of Job. Twice, God asked a question. Have you considered my servant Job? The first thing I want you to understand is the acknowledgement of Satan or who Job is, the servant of God. Says, does Job fear God for nothing? 
By implication, your relationship to God as a servant is also acknowledged by Satan himself. Did you get that? Listen, we spoke about Jeroboam uh, being recognized by Solomon, being recognized by God. I'm also making you to understand that even Job was did recognize, I mean, Satan did recognize who Job was. He didn't call him as a mighty man in the sense or whatever. He simply said, Job is a servant of God. He recognized that. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you remember what this demon that taught up the sons of Sceva said? He simply said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? Now can I tell you something? You, see, you, may, you may think you know God. You may think you're serving God. But let me tell you, the first place where you are truly recognized in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. And so Satan said, Satan acknowledged the fact that what God said about Job is true. Job is a servant of God. He did acknowledge that. And he simply said, now, you want me to touch your servant? How can I touch him? Because by reason of his being a servant and your servant, there is something you've done about him that makes it impossible for me to touch him. Are you following this? So, now, you can understand that everything Satan tried and did on the life of Job was permitted by God. Are you sitting there with me? It means God removed that edge. Is it clear? God deliberately removed the edge to prove even what Satan thinks he knows about Job. Now the key thing is it was the integrity of Job that was in the issue. Will Job still be able to serve God if his properties and life is tampered with? God wanted to prove to Satan there is nothing you can do to my servant and then he will reject me. Therefore, if you become a true servant of God, there is no calamity that can separate you from being a servant. Can I hear a like amen to that? This is what Paul was saying. When he said, what shall separate us from the love of God? Are there principalities, depth, whatever it is. Say nothing can separate us from the love of God. So God is trying to tell Satan, now you will try the best you can, but there is nothing that can separate you from loving me and serving me and still be my servant. And so if you want to try it, okay, try his words. Or, or the other one, I'm going to make you see that just a little bit. Okay. Now look at the sin. Blessings. I'm talking of the reward. Number one, God acknowledged that Job is my servant. May you serve God to the place where God can say that on your behalf. Come on, did you hear what I said? May you serve to the place where God can truly acknowledge that you are his servant. God can declare it anywhere in the spirit realm that you are his servant. May you come to that place. Then number first, number ten, he says, Had thou not made an edge around him? And about his house and all that he had on every side that has blessed the work of his hand and his sultans increase in the land. Now, if you look at this, he said, I'm reading from another translation. 9 to 10. 
the living Bible. Why shouldn't he, when he pay him, when you pay him so well, I just love the way it came out. You know what? Does God serve you for nothing? He serves you because you pay him well. Do you understand what Satan is trying to say here? Do you know why Satan, see, he's trying to preach to God. Uh, you see, I know he's your servant. Why will he not remain your servant when you are paying him so much? What does that mean to you? It means if you are truly God's servant, he pays you. Do you understand that? The devil also recognizes your source of wealth. And if he recognizes it is God that is giving it to you, he doesn't have right to touch it. Come on, somebody follow me up. That is why before he can touch your wealth, he will also seek permission from the one who gave it to you because you are a servant. So I see your money being established. I see your business being established in the name of Jesus Christ. Because you didn't get it from the devil, so the devil have no right to touch it. Say, so why will he not serve you when you pay him so well? Satan's called. You have always protected him and his home and his property from all harm. How many harms? Come on, say that again. How many harms? I like you. Listen, you have always protected him, Job, and his home, including children there. Am I there? And the servants of Job and his property. Listen, your life, your family, your properties are protected in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you are a servant of the Lord. You have prospered everything he does. Not some. <laughs> I don't see your business as prospering. Come on. I don't see you stagnating. I see you prospering. Because you have determined to be a servant of the Lord. No harm on all sides. Look how rich he is. Oh, what a boasting from the devil himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look how rich he is. You, you have done all of this. Look how rich he is. The devil himself is confessing. The devil will recognize your riches. <laughs> Glory to God. He will see you prospering. And he will say, God, I've really prospered this man. See how rich he is. Now, you are afraid of the devil. People go for manner of prayers to, come on, this is a simple key for all your prosperity to be established. Oh, the devil is killing me. You binding and losing. You're just wasting your time. Just be in service. Glory to God. No wonder he worships you. But just take away his words and you will see him cause you to your face. <laughs> so, the devil is trying to say, with all these blessings you've made available to Job, if you remove them, he won't serve you again. If you, if you think it's a lie, let's try it. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And that is the truth. The devil knows that some of you, when you prosper, and anything touches your business, you won't serve God again. The devil knows. This one, he doesn't even need to preach to God before he manifests. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
What am I trying to say here? Listen and listen closely. The benefits of being a servant of the Lord. Are you there with me? Hallelujah. Your services will gender God's recognition on your behalf. Can I hear an amen to that? Your services will make God recognize you. God will definitely recognize your services. You're not wasting your time in being conscientious in doing what you are supposed to be doing for God. God acknowledged who Job was. Have you considered my servant Job was God's testimony? He will acknowledge it. It's like Jesus' baptism. This is my beloved son. That was a statement for creation to recognize who Jesus was. Now, here is God speaking to Satan. Oh my goodness. I wish one day God will also say the thing on your behalf. He will not only say it to Satan, he will say it to creation. That man will know that of a true, you are a servant of the Most High God. Listen, it's easy to quote, touch no man anointed. But it is also important for you to know that the anointing is meant for service. Can I hear an amen to that? Yeah. Hallelujah. No, it's easy to quote. Touch no my anointed and do my prophet no harm. But every anointed man is meant for service. The anointing is not for showmanship. The anointing is not for proclamation. The anointing is not to write it on your book or something. No, every anointing is geared towards service. Reward. Number two. There is, there is a divine all-round protection for all that you are by the Lord as what? As a servant. Did you find that in the Bible? The devil said, have you not protected him, his home, and what? His property. So there's a divine protection, all-round divine protection for you as a servant of God. True servant will take away your fear of what anyone, even the devil can do to you. Glory to God. Did you get that? True service. If you are truly a servant of God, listen to me. Why do you think I'll be so bothered about what the devil wants to do? I've told you here times with that number. I don't have time to pray about the devil. I don't for one bit. Listen, if there is anything I ever pray for, God keeps me on track to do what you want me to do. Because I know as long as I'm doing what God wants me to do, he takes care of the rest thing. Did you get that? All your fears about, oh, the devil wants to kill my child. The devil wants to do this. No. When you give your attention to the service of God, he takes care of the devil on your behalf. Praise the living God. May your fear disappear today. Hallelujah. I say, may your fear disappear today. Recognize that God is on your behalf because you are a servant of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. The devil knows you more than you know yourself. Amen? Did you get that? The devil knows you more than what? You know yourself. Listen to what he said. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? What does that mean? It simply means, listen, God, I can't touch him because his service has produced for him. Without your permission, I can't do anything against Job. Are you listening to what I'm saying now? It means the devil knows you. Now it means when you are not really active in service, he also knows. Now the quickest way for the devil to deal with you is not to be in active service to the Lord. Because he knows that when you are active, he will only seek permission before he can touch you. 
But as long as you are not active, he has access to your life because God himself can back you up. That is why you have to be careful when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the service of God. I want to appeal to you today. I want to really plead with you to think twice about your services to God. It will save you and Laura pastors all these deliverance things we are talking about. It will save so many of you from undue headaches. The devil knows that the only thing you can do to you know, receive God's divine protection is to be in active service for him. So what does he do? He weakens your resolve so that you don't serve as you ought to serve. He gives you reasons why you must not be in meetings. He gives you reasons. If I gives you enough assignments so that you are not conscious of the fact that you are supposed to be a servant of God. Why is he doing that? So that you can have access to your life. Anytime. Your life, your children, your property. Because these are the three dimensions by which he strictly said. You protected him, his life. You have protected his home. And what? His properties. So when you are not in active service for the Lord, in doing what you are supposed to do, you opening yourself to attack. You open up your family to attack. You open up your properties, your wealth to what? To attack of the enemy. Freely, without seeking permission. Praise the living God. Number four. When you live in fear, it is because of the ignorance of who you are and what God can do on your behalf. As a servant of God, you are not supposed by any means to live in fear of what the enemy can do. The only reason you are living in that kind of condition is because you know your heart is also condemning you. That you are not faithful in the services of God. You know that. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? You know exactly what I'm talking about. That you are not faithful enough, you are not conscious enough as to what God is doing, as to what he has planned for you, as to what he has determined to do for you. You are not conscious of it. That is why your fear continues to erupt. That is why there is distraction continually in your life. Reason is because he will not allow you to serve God the way you are supposed to serve him. So that you can receive the protection that God has on your behalf. Can I hear an amen to that? Praise the living God. Number five, the devil fears you more than you fear him because of whose servant you are. Hallelujah. Listen closely. The devil fears you more than you do what? You fear him. Now, this is, this is it's a paradox. What do I mean by that? The devil is afraid of you and you are also afraid of the devil at the same time. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing what I'm saying now? The devil fears you more than you fear him. Listen. It is because you don't know that he's afraid of you. That's why you're afraid of him. I read a story yesterday in one of these books. Here was a minister of God with a son moving into a compound with a very big dog. The boy was saying, I picked faith from my father. I've got to know the devil does not have all the power. Because he said, he went about roaring like a wild lion. You, you understand that? He said, now I understand what the Bible says. That the devil does not have the power he claims to have. Reason is simple. He said, my father walked with me into a compound with a very big gate. He simply went in there, opened the gate, and we moved in. And while we were going in, the dog that was supposed to be barking was just looking. Even when he was trying to bark, my father said, get out of there. And then he went in. And the owner came and said, hey man, how dare you open the gate like that? This dog bites people. And the father said, the dog cannot bite me because I don't have anything to do with the dog. 
And the pastor said, now I know that even the devil does not have the opportunity to do any harm to me. It's just like a dog that barks. It depends on your response to the dog. Are you hearing me? And one of the things the boy said is, if my father had fought back the dog, the dog would have definitely been able to bite. Maybe if he had tried to kick the dog, the dog would bite the leg. But my father didn't make any decision. Get out there. And then keep walking to the father's place. I mean, the man that he needed to witness to. That is what I want to make you understand this morning. As a servant of the Lord, you don't have much battle to fight. God is rebuking the devils. He's rebuking the enemy. He's rebuking the dogs that they can't bite. Because there is something you carry. Let me explain something to you again. Listen to me. You fear more the devil. Whereas the devil is also doing what? Afraid of you. Look at what he said. Does, does Job serve you for nothing? By implication, I can't get close to him. Because I know who he is. He's a servant of the Lord. There is an edge around him. There's a protection around him. There is that defense that you have created around him. Without your permission, Father, I can't go. Because I believe the devil also knows because God created all things. <laughs> so without your permission it's like you see you see a dog with a rope on his neck it is how far the man releases the rope that the, the dog can go am I correct someone so anytime the dog wants to get across to you and you are a servant what does God do he draws the rope back you have nothing to be afraid of you have nothing to be worried about in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to pay close attention to what we're saying this morning so that you can understand. You can also work on your destiny. Number six. He respects who is this heathen, the devil. The devil respects your master, the creator. So he sought permission before approaching you for trials. Does that make sense to you? See, the devil can't just, if you are his servant, he can't just come to you without first seeking permission from God. So it depends on whose servant you are that determines how the devil have access to your life. He cannot just come to you and do whatever thing he wants if you are a servant of God. Is that okay? He recognizes your creator. He knows your creator. He knows that he is in charge and you are serving the one that created all things. Hallelujah. He knows you are serving the creator. Of all the universe. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. And therefore, before he can do anything to you, what does he do? He first approach the creator to seek permission on your behalf. So there is a guarantee for your livelihood. There is a guarantee for your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me somebody? Praise the Lord. So he respect your creator, the master. I mean, your master, the creator, so he sought permission before approaching you for trials. Now, I didn't use the word God. I used the word master because a servant belongs to a master. And God is your master. Am I right, somebody? You should be ready for service. If you understand the things I'm talking about, then you should make up your mind to serve God as you should serve him. Praise the living God. The next thing. Your trials are your source of promotion at the end. You are multiplied as an overcomer. Listen closely to the life of Job. The story we just read. And understand it. That number one. Job prospered. And the devil feel he could try Job. I'm going to make you see the major area by which the devil tries you. But after the trial of Job as a servant of God. He had double everything that the devil seems to have taken. 
So your trial is a source of promotion to your life as a true servant of God. Therefore, there is nothing you miss that you will not be restored double to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Am I communicating to somebody this morning? There is nothing you lost in this life that will not be multiplied if you are truly a servant of God. Your trials are your source of promotion at the end. You are multiplied as an overcomer. See life beyond your achievements or what you can achieve. But the one whose servant you are, your relationship to God in service is more important than your words. I was thinking I'll hear an amen to that. Your relationship to God as a servant is more important than what? Than your words. Why is it so? Because your words can go. But being in relationship means your word is preserved. So the first thing you should seek is relationship and not the words. Are you listening to me? <laughs> Listen closely. See life beyond your achievements. Because Job's life was not tied to his words. If his life was tied to his words, he would have rejected God. Are you still there with me? If his life was tied to what he has acquired and the devil touched it, he would have definitely caused God. And the devil have succeeded. But I told you, I told you that if he can touch his words, he will cause you to your face. Did I not tell you God? So you must see life beyond what you have. And your pursuit should not be on word, it should be on God. Help me tell you, no, but be God focused. Say it like you mean it, be God focused. Hallelujah. See life beyond your achievements or what you can achieve. But the one whose servant you are, your relationship with God in service is more important to you than your words. Hallelujah. The ninth point, God allows your trial both in word and hell to prove your sincerity of heart towards him. Did you find that there? He said, if you touch his words, he will cause you to your face. Then when you get down to the second chapter, he said, if you touch his life, so, listen to this. Just like I'm going to make you see very quickly. Job was tried first in his wet life. And that did not make him to lose his confidence in God. Hallelujah. Are you still there? And the Satan came back in chapter 2 and said, If he will not lose faith in you because of his property... If you taught his physical life, he will deny you. If you think it's not true, let's try it. And God said, okay, you try it, but I don't give you his life. In other words, you can afflict him, but you can't take his life. You are secured. Your life is secured in the hands of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, look at number 10. You are empowered and qualified to rule when you overcome your trials. And this is very important. And I'm going to give you a simple illustration with the life of Jesus on this. In Matthew chapter 4, who sent Jesus to the wilderness for temptation or for the trial of the devil? It's God himself. Is that okay? Now, Jesus overcame all the trials of the devil. Can you remember that? Now, when he comes to verse 11, the Bible said, Then the devil lived him 
And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. They ministered to Jesus only after he has overcome the temptation. Acknowledging that he is not qualified to rule unlike Adam that failed. So you're qualifying or you're being qualified if, if these things you call wealth, if these things you call life will not take you away from acknowledging who God is. There is an empowerment that comes to your life that enables you to rule. And what I'm trying to make you understand is this. Even angels will now be qualified and permitted to begin to minister to your life. Look at it. Praise the Lord. The angels brought that food which was necessary to support the nature or support nature. Now remember, the Bible says he was hungry. Can you remember that? Hey, come on, listen to me. The Bible says he was what? He was hungry. After the 40 days of 49, the Bible says he was hungry. And angels brought the food. What does that mean? Whatever be your need, as you overcome the temptation of the trials of being pulled away from wet, angels will meet your needs in the name of Jesus Christ. Here we see provisions being made for being an overcomer in trials. I wish somebody can take the challenge this morning to know what is really pulling you away from God. Is it business? Is it family? What is it that is dragging you from his presence, from being a servant? What is it? Because if you can overcome those things, the provisions that you need will be made available. God is about to send some angels on assignment because of you. When you say, take these things to him for being faithful. Take this thing to him for being committed. Take this thing for him for he has overcome the trials of going away from my present because of wealth, because of anything you can imagine. Take this thing to him. Provisions will be made on your behalf. They came and supplied his wants and comforted him. You see, instead of man comforting you, angelic ministration will be the one to support you and comfort you and make you See, that life is beyond what ordinarily you should have acquired. Praise the living God. Number 11, you qualify for angelic ministration for being an overcoming servant of the Lord. Behold my servant, like I said before, whom I uphold, my elect, and whom I so delighted, I'll put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment unto what? Unto the Gentiles. Still talking about Jesus Christ. God recognized him as his servant. And when he overcame, he sent ministry angels. To begin to minister who to his need. You shall have the same ministration. It shall come your way. Your need shall be met. Because you know who you are. A servant of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now let me show you these areas and there we go. Areas of your trials. The first test was family and wealth. Look at what he said. Put forth the hand and torture that he had. And it will cause thee to what? To thy face. The first trial. That is what trial everybody is facing. That's what is taking us away from God. Words. That's your first trial. If you can overcome this, God is prepared to make provision. God is prepared to send angels. God is prepared to minister to your needs. Will words separate you from the Lord? Trials. The first place of trial. Say, touch his word. Just let his business suffer a little bit. And then you see his reaction. You are claiming he's your servant. Don't allow the business to suffer for two days and you will see whether he will still serve you. That's a devil's trick to get us out of his presence. So in the midst of the trials in our business, we will remain God-focused. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. I demand you receive strength to walk with the Lord. Receive strength to be a God's servant. Receive strength to be conscious of God's business. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have first tried family and wet. Let it touch your wet. Let it touch your family. Let it touch your children. And then you will see. Is God still alive? Pompey will ask you, are you sure you are still serving God? Just because there is a trial in your family or trial in your business. That is the point. Questions will come from left and right. Are you sure you have a God? But here is Job. Was it not God that permitted him, the devil himself, to be able to test Job in this area? Because the point is, we want to prove whether you still serve God. That is the essence of the trial. Will you still remain faithful to God when your business is touched? Will you still remain? If your story is not doing well, will you still believe God? If things are not well in your home, will you still believe God? These are the issues, people, that we need to consider this morning. Trial number two is hurt. <laughs> if you are a child of God, why are you sick? That will be the first question. If you think you know God, why are you this? I mean, fine. Praise the living God. But God is still the God that heals. And he's still healing. Can I hear an amen to that? When he said, And Satan said, Or answered the Lord, And said, Skin for skin, Yea, all that a man had, Will he give for his life? That is, A man can only give himself away, When his person is affected. It's a kind of proverb, That stands for an exchange. You know that word? If you can touch his life, Forget it, Job will forsake you. And that's why he said that, Boys are going to the parable. To me, it's a parable. Boys came on Job, and the Bible says he was using posture to scrape himself. Now, if you think it's not a parable, if you have sores in your body, can you use broken pots to scrape yourself? Come on, talk to me. Did you understand what I said there? If you read the story, the Bible said the boys were too many was using posture to scrape. Posture means eating pots that are broken. Can you use that to scrape your wound? That tells you it's a parable. Hallelujah. It is parabolic. If you take time to study that book very well, it's one of the, supposed to be the oldest book, in fact, in the Bible. It's a parable. Okay. But what am I trying to say here? He said, skin for skin, if you can touch his heart, forget, you touch his weight, he didn't, he touch his children, they die, he still serve you. Touch his own life and see whether he will still serve you. And God said, okay, you can touch him, but you will not be able to take his life. He won't die. Afflict him. And the next person that came in was the wife and said, Amen. Why can you continue to be living in this kind of condition? Why not you simply curse God and die? It's better for you to die. And the Bible makes us understand she was one of those foolish women who do not understand divine interventions and ministrations in a person's life. That is why every woman should understand the frequency of the husband in relation to God. Hallelujah. Is anybody following this? Every woman should understand the relationship of the husband to God and the frequency of operation. She had no idea, no clue as to what was going on. The next thing he came, what a wonderful counselor, cause God and die. By implication, she was an angel of Satan to assist Job to cause God. Do you understand? That? Because Job already said, if you touch his head, it will cause you. Now, Job, I mean, uh, the Satan already said that. Now, Job was not moving. Now, he took the wife to come and do the ministration. Are you getting what I'm talking about now? 
So, the ministry of the wife of Job was satanic because he wanted Satan's own ministry to be properly executed on behalf of Job. Why? Because of lack of ignorance, of not understanding divine things, even in the spirit realm. I want to pray this morning that God will give you understanding. In the name of Jesus Christ. And that is why sometimes when certain things are happening to some people, keep your mouth shut. You don't know anything about it. You have no clue about it. If you can't pray, better keep your mouth shut. Because you don't understand what is going on. Especially if these people have a relationship with God. Especially if you know they are really servants of God. And certain things happening to their life, keep your mouth shut. It will have done Job's wife more good. Because after this, we never had anything about the wife of Job anymore. We had about his children, but nobody had anything about his wife. I don't know if it was the same wife that gave him the remaining children after restoration. I can't believe it and I don't know. Praise the living God. What am I trying to say? Understand this fact. Don't let words push you out of his presence. Don't let your health itself push you out of his presence. The truth of the matter is God is well able to preserve all things. And if there is anything you miss, God is about to restore it. He wants to multiply it. He wants to increase it. Remember the latter end of Job was better than the former. Be a servant of God. Can you please stand up somebody? I want you to understand that there's a place for service. And there is so much God wants to implant. God wants to give to us but being servants of the most high God. There is a need for you to understand this. That the little you are doing in the house of God. We push you to the place where God himself. We continually be your protection.